0: Thank you for tuning into this sermon from New Life Student Ministries. Our goal is to inspire, equip, and support our students and families with biblically rich and God centered teaching. These messages are meant to be supplemental and not substitutional for our weekly gathering. We hope this sermon is a blessing to you and your spiritual walk. New Life students, welcome to the podcast. We're going to jump into Romans 4 today in our series on Romans righteousness through faith. So go ahead and turn to Romans chapter 4 and let's dive in. Let's dive in first with some prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you wherever we are listening to this podcast and we ask that you would speak, that you would quiet our hearts and move and minister to us. You would search us and know us and find any offensive way in us and lead us in the way everlasting. Jesus, give us eyes to see the spiritual things you're doing in us. Give us ears to hear so that we may obey in hearts to believe and have faith that you are our righteousness. In Jesus' name, amen. I've often often thought that the Christian life is one that's easily misunderstood. The personal walk of faith is often full of tripping hazards and different paths that may lead us astray quickly. Christians who have gone before us, or even those who are walking with us currently, may unknowingly lead themselves and us incorrectly. Over thousands of years of church history, good intention direction changes have led to a great gap in our understanding of the gospel and the gospel itself. Think of the Sabbath, a day designed to keep us in the eternal rest and salvation of God became for us a burden too heavy to bear, and that which was meant to preserve life was made an excuse to end it, with people breaking the rules that so many Pharisees and Sadducees added year after year after year or the concept of tithe, an act of worship established by God to keep our hearts from becoming enslaved to the temporary treasure of money over the eternal treasure of himself. It became a way for corrupt clergy to extort money from the people or even uh, an excuse to buy your way into heaven. Even the notions of faith, grace, holiness, obedience to God's law, all of it, all components of salvation have been skewed, however good intentioned, by so many teachers and Christians over the years. Ask 100 Christians the question, how are you saved? And you may very well get 100 different answers. Some say by being holy, others say by Jesus' death with baptism, tithing, and keeping oneself unstained from the world. Still others may say by doing enough good to please God or simply by praying a prayer in kindergarten. However the answers may be worded, there is in our day one prevalent and common core to them. The answers are often dependent on independence. Let me show you. I'm going to turn to Psalm 1, and I'm going to read it, and then I'll, I bet I can guess what some of us were thinking. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Upon hearing this psalm, some of us may swell with pride because we think, hey, that's me. We start recounting all the things that we don't do as well as all the spiritual disciplines that we practice regularly. Others of us may get a knot in our stomach just thinking about trying to defeat that festering sin or regularly reading and studying the word of God and praying a lot. We think, wait, I don't have to do all of those sins and I do have to do all these spiritual things. That's not for me. Maybe others of us hear the do-nots of someone or the thou-shalt-nots, the Ten Commandments wording, and think, yeah, but Jesus will forgive me anyway. I'm good to do all those things. In any case, we're often dependent on our own ability. In all three instances, our own measuring up to the standard of God or blatant disregard of it is all up to us. But is this the gospel of the Bible, striving to be perfect or just mailing it in, banking in the prayer we, pr- we prayed in kindergarten? Well, let's see what Romans 4 has to say. Here's where we're going to turn to Romans 4, starting in verse 1. Let's read it together. I'm reading from the ESV. What then shall we say was gained by Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as Righteousness. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. And to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Just as David also speaks of the blessing in the Psalms of the one whom God counts righteousness apart from works. Quote, Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. And let's skip to verse 20. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he promised. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words, it was counted to him, were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him who raised Jesus from the dead who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Did you see how radically God-centered this passage was? That was not an accident. Abraham, one of the premier figures in our faith, is shown not as a superhero, but a dependent child of God. Even though he did so much for the nation of Israel and is considered the forefather of our faith, none of it earned him righteousness. But he was righteous only because God counted him so by faith. Abraham received the prize of knowing God, which is salvation, not by how well he performed, but by clinging in faith to God's ability to do what he promises. Even his faith was not his own doing. Look at verse 20. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in faith as he gave glory to God. His faith, the faith that was the cause of God counting him righteous, was a product of seeing God and letting his spirit do a miracle in his sinful heart until he was amazed with God, and thus it produced faith. When we keep silent, though, from declaring our dependence on God, no matter how holy we are or how unholy we think we are, it will only amount to a weary soul. Psalm 32 says it. Let me show you. Psalm 32, starting 3 through 4. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away. Through my groaning all day long, for day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up, as in the heat of summer. What this is saying is that unless we rely on God as our righteousness, we will never move from the weariness of striving into the rest of God's salvation. What does that mean? Think about it like this. I'm a martial artist, and the martial arts board breaks that we do, or Routines that we do are really difficult, and we have to practice for years to get them. Now imagine calling someone up who's never done martial arts before and showing them all of these different crazy flip breaks, spinning kicks, um, back tuck breaks, all of these crazy things. Say, hey, if you break all of these boards perfectly, like we just said, you'll get a prize. This person is just going to be striving and weary as he tries because he's not going to succeed. But what if myself and two others representing the Father, Son, and Spirit, what if we broke all of those boards and counted it as if he did it, and he still got the prize? In a sense, that's exactly how righteousness works with God. He does it all. He calls us into salvation, and yet he still gives us the prize of his righteousness, meaning we're made right in God's eyes, by God's work. And let me show you the result of what that is. In Psalm 32, again, it says this, I acknowledged my sin to you, meaning the sin of being independent and thinking it's all up to us. And I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. And when we do that, we can skip back over to verse one and two. This is the result. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose whose spirit there's no deceit. When we're so dependent on independence, we're deceiving ourselves. If we think that salvation and righteousness and being holy is up to us, and it's up to us to just white-knuckle it and pull ourselves up by the bootstraps, we're deceiving ourselves, and we're gaining nothing. But when we, like humble children, say, Hey, Father, I need your help. In fact, I need you to do it all. Then we'll move from striving into the rest of God's salvation. Now, don't get me wrong. Relying on God and being dependent on God doesn't mean doing nothing, but it means that in our doing, in our good works, like James says, faith without works is dead. In our works, we're realizing that God is supplying the strength. God is supplying the holiness of intention. God is supplying everything. And all we get to do is join him for the ride. So friends, my challenge to you this week is to think, where have I been so dependent on independence? Maybe it might be a festering sin that you think I just have to try harder. Maybe instead of trying harder, look at Jesus longer. Maybe it might be, You deceiving yourself and comparing yourself to others saying, man, look at how good I am. You might need to pause and ask God, like Psalm 139, search me and know me, find any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And maybe some of you have not even given any regard to righteousness or sin or you really couldn't care less. Well, my challenge to you is to pause and to ask God to show you himself and show you how amazing a life of holiness lived in obedience to the Lord is. Because God is our righteousness, and he'll carry you through to the end in salvation. God bless, friends. Thanks again for listening to this message from New Life Student Ministries. If you want to keep up with what's happening with us, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at NL Student Ministries.